my dad would cook for him and all the guides lived in this little we called it the mouse mahal i mean it was just a little rundown shack I'm kind of an addictive person if i ever get on drugs i feel like it's over <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a little bit. I uh, Jumping on here, I was actually elk hunting out in Colorado, and we've been trying to get a podcast together for a month, and I've been traveling a lot for work. Ira's been traveling. So he's in Colorado. I was looking through some of my messages uh, that we get on the podcast page, and I write down, put down on a Word document, and I think always think, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to those questions. Well, we usually get going on enough topics when Ira and I get to visit him with guests that we don't get to all of them. So I thought with Ira being gone, I will go to some of the questions that you guys have sent in to me and I'll answer them the best I can. And when Ira gets back, we will, now that he will be back from this trip and he'll be up here more and we'll be getting into duck season, we'll be able to pick back up the regularity of the podcast and we've got a couple guests coming on. So anyway, We'll hit a couple of these questions. This might not be our most exciting podcast we've ever done, but I'll answer a few questions and we'll go from there. One of one of them that I get a decent bit is, would you recommend starting your own business? We've kind of touched on that before. For me, I've always been a guy, you know, even as a kid that liked to that liked to try to make something happen on the on the business side of things. I always had lemonade stands. I always mowed yards. When I was in fourth grade, I had several yards. Fifth grade, I had 10 or 11, uh, six or seven rather. And my dad always just had me on, you know, you work, you know, we're not going to be lazy. You work, you um, save up money, put it in your savings account, and then you'll have something someday. Well, you know, since then, I don't know where all that money in the savings account has gone, but since then I've kind of taken the approach more of, you know, continue to work, but reinvest that money. So um, maybe a little bit different than my dad or maybe your parents um, tried to reinvest that money. And hopefully with the thought of, you know, in time <laughs> making more, but I've always, I've always had that sort of mentality. When I was in college, we had a, an empty dorm room next to us and my grandpa had a Costco card. So I would go buy chewing tobacco, even though I didn't chew tobacco and uh, had a little refrigerator I bought, put it in there, Tobacco Joe's, go put your three, four bucks in there for a can of chew and move on. And I used to use that money to, uh, in part to drive home and hunt a lot of weekends. So I've always done that kind of thing. I would recommend it for myself because that's just how I am. And if you're that type of person, I would recommend it for you. But honestly, depending on the job, I don't know that, you know, starting a business is a great, idea for everyone and that's not to say that not everyone can do it because you certainly can but you just got to look at you know do you want to deal with people do you want to deal with starting a business do you want to deal with the financial and administrative side of that stuff or do you want to make a good money you know good money oftentimes more money than you'd make being an entrepreneur have some stability the responsibility of running the business and the outcomes not all be on your shoulders you know a lot of people think, oh, you started your own business because you wanted to hunt. Well, that was a driving factor and some free time. But I know a lot of guys that have trades, whether they're boilermaker or dirt work guy or, you know, farmer, they're able to go and hunt whenever they want to. Their work sometimes is more seasonal, weather dependent. They're able to hunt just as much as anybody. You know, some of these guys that 
our executives and companies are able to hunt all they want because, you know, they set their own schedule, even though they don't technically own the business. So um, there's definitely ways to get ahead without owning your own business. Some of the most successful people I know, you know, uh, don't own their own business and social media is definitely a big part of it. This kick for entrepreneurship and basically making you feel like you're a dumbass if you, if you don't start your own business or you're lazy or whatever, it's nothing like that at all. I, I prefer to do it just because that's how I am. And I've been that way since before social media and, and before uh, the self-help videos and all these clowns on the internet. But um, if it's something that's burning inside you, I would do it and give it a try because you can always fail. And, and you know, I might still, but if starting your own business isn't, doesn't appeal to you, then I absolutely wouldn't say it's a necessity. All right. How far apart are your and Iris duck hunting properties? Um, well, Ira's place at Locust Grove is in the North Bottoms. And our place is in the South Bottoms and by Swan Lake. So I'm thinking as the duck flies, straight line distance, maybe six and a half, seven miles. I, uh, we've got a, Ira and I together have a place at Dalton, which is 20 miles south of Swan. So whatever, southeast of Swan. So, um, that's kind of different birds a lot of times, you know, not that they don't trade back and forth, but um, day in, day out, you're hunting a different subset of birds that are, that are, you know, refuging in different areas and, and utilizing different lines and traffic corridors and things like that. So I, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, you guys are all up around Swan Lake. Well, kind of, we're kind of in that corridor there between Ira and I's places that we hunt, but um, Ira is, is a huge farm. Um, they are hunting birds coming from Fountain Grove, Swan Lake, Summit Habitat Flats, and other private individuals, flooded things, Pershing Park. They've got all a huge, a huge assortment of different places ducks are coming and going to. And then they refuge such a big part of their farm that they're a destination for ducks too. Um, you know, our farm is is primarily hunting a line between the refuge and several extensively managed large tracks privately owned so you know not that like i said not that there's not trading from the north bottom to the south bottom because there definitely is but it's not like the ducks that are flying over me every group or ones that just flew over i or anything like that and, and, and honestly the hunting can be quite different day to day in just in in the short distance that you know that we are apart um when you started out how long did it take for you to make money I assume that means in my business. And sometimes I wonder if I'm making any now. Um, but it took a long time to to feel like I was gaining any ground whatsoever. You know, I, I've told the story on here before, but when I started, I had three customers within a month and a half or two of of starting my own business. One of those customers had closed and the other one um, I didn't work for anymore. So I was guaranteed about 250 to $300 a month. Um, it was pretty tough getting started. We lived in a fallen in farmhouse and I had no, you know, way to even like dim the lights so that I could do my video editing. So I had a blackout sheet that I would sit in the corner of our room. I would put the sheet over top of the computer and of my head and it would like kind of dim things down so that I could work without waking my wife up. And I would sit there in the corner till, you know, the sun came up and uh, then the light would kind of be a little bit better in the room for working and um, I didn't have to, you know, uh, turn the lights on and wake her up. So um, 
it was a weird world under that blanket, but, uh, God almighty. I, thinking back to that, just crazy, but yeah, no, I had no office. I had a, a black sheet and a laptop computer from college and, uh, a, a non-square corner of a, of a bedroom there where we lived and, Oh man. Yeah. No, I didn't make anything starting out. And like I said, I don't know if I still do sometimes, but it took a long time to start seeing any kind of, you know, any kind of results coming through. And, and, you know, I think that's typical of a lot of folks. So if you start a business, if you, if you can't start a business and afford to wait a little bit, you know, maybe you should look at starting a different type of business or maybe you should not start a business or definitely not quit your your main source of income to start that business. Uh, what products do you recommend? Uh, I assume that's hunting products. I don't really care about products. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that or not. I don't do pro staff and things like that. I don't give a shit. In fact, it, it turned that kind of stuff just actually, I just don't like it. Um, if you, and don't get me wrong, promotional staff is not what I don't like, but you know, a lot of the most successful companies I've ever been around, the backbone of that successful company, especially in the outdoor industry, has been a promotional and field staff. I'm talking about like the diehard, died in the wolves, fight you over a, a camo pattern or a or a brand of shotgun or, or a type of decoy. Um, what products do you recommend? Just find something that works, that, you know, works good for you, that that lasts. I like I like durability in any of the products that I use. There's some specialty stuff that I would recommend sometimes, not all the time. You know, people ask me, for instance, one product that I really like is Bolin Decoys. Their ultimate decoy system by Blake Bolin. They are an incredible tool. They are real ducks as duck decoys. I would recommend those when needed. I don't use them all the time. I bang my stuff around. I hunt by myself all the time. I can't do the use those all the time. I, I it's just not practical. Um, however, when I'm hunting someplace where there's pressured ducks at the right time of year, there's nothing better. Um, so I, I'm not a I'm not a a guy that's got to do something, use something the same way. You know, I like I like Winchester shotguns. That's what all I could afford at the time. It was the it was the cheapest, most economical, higher end type shotgun. Whenever I had no money and I just started shooting SX3 and I fell in love with it. And I, so I'm not going to fight you and say that that's the best gun ever. I do think it's one of the more reliable guns. I think a lot of people choose more expensive guns just because they see people using them and thank God that they do that. Cause it gives a lot of people in the marketing industry, like myself, a job um, decoys. You know, I, I use a lot of different things. Higdon decoys um, use AVNX decoys. Big Al silhouettes and snow goose decoys. I use Higdon and um, greenhead gear snow goose decoys. It's hard to beat the motion on the green here. Greenhead gear snow goose decoys. It's hard to beat the durability of the Higdon decoys. That's just pretty much what I have come to find out. Uh, do you make enough money to buy good land? No, <laughs> no, I do not make enough money to buy land to, good, to buy good land. Um, the, the few places I've been able to buy have been beg, borrow, and steal um, to try to get them done. Uh, I'm joking about that, but I've used creative financing on a couple um, of the smaller tracks that I've found, and then I've had partners on a couple others. So uh, the properties that I've bought, I've been able to do a few, like the rental properties and the commercial rentals and things like that. 
the 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 duck hunting land is it's tricky it's really tricky and i i have enough to buy some things but but like just to go out and to think that i can just go out and buy all these farms that come up no you should know that because if so um with as with as out there as i am about hunting and and land i would own about 3500 acres by now of stuff just that's sold around me and i and i do not so uh no i do not make enough money to buy that good of land um i'm fortunate to have some cool spots but uh i wouldn't say that i have enough money to just buy good land uh, because i i definitely don't um why do you hunt by yourself so much well <laughs> this is probably the question that i get asked the most i don't see it as an odd deal i guess everyone else does so yet again i'm in the minority on something but i i've always hunted by myself because one a lot of my friends didn't waterfowl hunt so my dad never waterfowl hunted so i've just always hunted by myself a lot and, and you know when i'd hunt with people that knew what they were doing it was fun and i learned a lot but it's like driving a vehicle you know i can't figure out how to get there until i drive there i know that i know that's weird but you know i can sit in the passenger seat or in the back seat with my mom and dad forever and we can drive somewhere 500 times but until i drive it myself it doesn't like get burned in my memory you know um this kind of how it is with hunting you know i listen to people i tried to see what they were doing i realized i didn't know shit at a pretty at a pretty early age and that i you know if i wanted to kill stuff and, and have success hunting it's like business or anything else but if i want to have success hunting i needed to learn from some of these people that knew what the hell they were doing i learned a lot from ira and aaron about about you know just things like when to do things when not to do things the difference in different styles of hunting and why you set up a farm this way and the, and the importance of pressure and running traffic and um, you know, I've just learned a lot from a lot of people, but in order to see if I could do it, I, you know, yeah, I can roll up to Iron Aaron's blind and I can, I can kill a ton of, a ton of ducks. I can be a hero. You know, I can, I can stack mallards with the best of them whenever somebody set the place up for me and it's a world-class place and there's a zillion ducks all around and somebody's, you know, these guys have saved and, and financed and and worked their ass off to try to get a farm going. Same with Grand Pass. Sure, I can kill them at Grand Pass. You know, when somebody's done the work and the tax dollars are paid to put in a pile of food and it's one of the biggest powerhouse, best places in the world. Yeah, I can I can get them there. But um, I always just like to see if I can get them at my place or get them where I find or get them doing it how I do it by myself without the training wheels, if you will, of really good hunters or really good spots. So um, I've just always done that. And then, you know, another, another reason is I've always tried to set myself up to be able to hunt a lot and not everybody is able to do that. Not everybody wants to be able to do that. And and I've also been the little guy that I'll go on a lot of bad days. I'll just go when I can go. So, especially when I was younger and I think people get tired of going with me on a, on a not sure thing. Um, and, and go out and have no success. I'm like, man, we need to scout more before we do this. And I, and I was just always the guy that was like, man, I'll just go, I'll just go. You know, if I can kill three geese, if I can kill two, three ducks, it's a successful hunt. So I just always hunted by myself. I snow goose hunted by myself a lot. You know, everybody gets fired about snow goose hunting, but you get burned once or twice on that. And, it, you know, most people lose their fire for good reason. And so I, uh, I always snow goose hunted by myself a lot. And I just, I still do. Uh, it's not near as fun to hunt by myself without a dog. When I lost my dog, Rosie, I never felt like I hunted by myself when I was with her. Um, but now that I have Maggie, we've been hunting a lot this teal season, and it's been a lot of fun. 
having a dog back alongside and I just didn't, I enjoy hunting by myself. It's fun to be able to see what you can do. Like I said, not have to rely on everybody else. And you learn a lot hunting by yourself and you have nobody to blame. You know, I, I'll have stuff come in sometimes groups finish and, and, you know, shoot poorly or decide to call the shot at the wrong time. And then no more helpless feeling than whenever you, whenever you do something like that and you're sitting there with one or none out of a little flock and uh, you got nobody to blame but yourself. So that's definitely a good teaching moment. Um, how did you find your hunting tracks? Well, I married into several of them. Um, I found my wife and I found quite a lot of hunting tracks. Um, but you know, I, most of my, I always joke about that, but you know, of my wife's family's land, I hunt one or two farms really hard. Uh, the farm that I live on, I kind of do, I'm able to, to do what I, what I like on that. I'm able to manage the pressure and, and really manage the deer and turkey and plant what I want, leave, leave some crops and um, manipulate the farm, put in food plots, do dirt work, that kind of stuff. I kind of, I kind of have the ability to do that there. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's one or two other farms that, that the family has that I'm able to, to do about what I want on. They actually lease some ground out, which people always find crazy. And, you know, I, I wish I had it and I, um, it's not feasible for me to have all, you know, the, these farmers, a lot of them are leasing is, is a big part of their income or, you know, not a, not a big part of it, but, but a decent part of their income. And they were, you know, they, they like making a certain amount of money on there. And then a lot of them, you know, before I came along, my in-laws leased to several people and uh, thank God they didn't lease out the farm that I live on. And I don't know why they didn't, but um, thank, thank the Lord they didn't. But so some of these people have been friends with them for a long time and they've got good relationships with them. Um, you know, thing, if they ever give it up, I would definitely, I would definitely lease it, but, or, or take it, whatever I'd be happy to pay. But, but, you know, uh, I've got a, quite a bit of hunting. And so, um, my family's land is definitely, or my wife's family's land is, I guess our family land is definitely, um, the focal point of my deer and turkey hunting. And it's, it is some of the best stuff that, that I have hunted. So I'm very fortunate that the other stuff, I mean, I do it like anyone else. I ask permission on a lot of duck hunting stuff. I lease stuff. I'm not scared to pay for it. I, I will always offer to pay uh, a lease for ground. The ground's not cheap. Um, it's not cheap at all. It's not cheap to maintain. It's not cheap to pay taxes on. So I'll usually lead off with a guy be like, man, I'd really like to deer hunt your place. I've got other spots to go. What would be a fair price, you know, to, to hunt. And, you know, people are always like, but we can't afford to pay that. You know, I get it. I do. I can't either. I mean, I shouldn't pay for, for what I do now, but I use a lot of different tactics, you know, on that. A lot of guys, they, they rifle hunt a farm or their family does, or they lease it for rifle. A lot of guys don't bow hunt. You know, a lot of guys don't care about bow hunting. They might lease you the, the bow hunting up until and, and after rifle season, they might be real big deer hunters, but they might not turkey hunt. They might, you know, turkey hunt one weekend out of the year. They might, you know, they might not duck hunt. They might not care about field hunting. A lot of guys will let you just go, but um, I'm always trying to offer something in return because, you know, those guys, those guys could easily say no. Those guys use that land as a, you got to think about it. Like, especially like on, like, let's say field duck hunting, see a bunch of ducks or geese in a field and you go ask a farmer, Hey, can I hunt there? And they say, no, does it piss you off? Yes, it does. But if you think about it, let's say it's a hundred acres and let's say it's good bottom ground where ducks, you know, or a big waterfowl use area Let's say it's 10 or $12,000 an acre ground. It's a hundred acres in the field. It's 
that's a huge amount of money. I mean, that's huge. So why, why would a farmer, if you think about it, why would a farmer let you go out on their million plus dollar investment that they use to make their living that they take care of, that they have a lot of pride in? Why would they let you go out to duck hunt whenever they've had people cut ruts? They've had people getting fights about other group with other groups. They've had people leave trash, blah, 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 blah. It's amazing. Anybody lets anybody hunt. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I never take that for granted. And, and a lot of guys let me hunt on permission. And when they do, I always try to do something for them. Most of them won't take money and most of them don't need the little amount of money that I have anyways, but I always try to do something for them because it, that land is, is not free. I don't care if they inherited the land and they never paid a dime for it. It costs a lot to keep land up, costs a lot to put a crop out bring a crop in and paying taxes and maintaining irrigation or, you know, drainage and levees and all that stuff costs a ton of money. So I hunt, you know, do that. And then I've been able to buy a couple little spots. Um, and that's really nice because I don't have to worry about anybody else. Whenever I go to want to do something, I don't have to ask to hunt. I don't have to, you know, do any of that stuff. So I would say I've got, you know, three quarters of the places that I hunt, either I own my, family owns or I lease. And then I still hunt a lot of permission on, on several different places too. So um, I, I'm probably wrong on the ratio. I hunt a lot of permission for, for geese and ducks, but um, like I said, I'm not scared to pay and people that get mad at people like, Oh, greedy. Some bitches want people to pay to hunt their ground. I mean, I, I don't see it that way because you know, you think about it like their ground is, you know, yeah, I want people to pay when they rent one of my commercial buildings what if they're, you know, somebody wants to come into my office and set up their off, you know, set up a computer and, and a refrigerator for, for two, three days. I mean, you're going to need to pay me something. This is my office. This is where I work. This is, you know, I own this. I, I built it. I bought it. This is my place. I would expect you to give me 50 bucks for sitting in here and working in here and using this as a, you know, for your benefit. So kind of the same with duck hunting, you know, I, you know, I really appreciate the people that let me hunt permission, but I don't. I don't see any problem with guys that want um, to be paid or, or want some sort of trade uh, on something for their hunting. And, you know, I think I'm probably in the minority with that. People don't like it. I don't really care. That's how I feel about it. Um, has Ira helped you out along the way, man? He has. Um, it's not like Ira has uh, given me a, a bunch of money to start businesses or, I mean, it's not like he just, I wish, I wish I had his, actually uh, he left his credit card at the local Casey's and I had to go pick it up. So I guess I do have some, a little bit more buying power than I did. I have forgotten to spend it yet or to use it, but I might have to do that today. But no, the, the way Iris helped me out along the way is, you know, it definitely helped me out on a couple of our business ventures financially on being able to make some of the startup costs feasible and affordable. And, you know, a couple of things that we've been able to do, he's been able to put up some of the startup money and I've been able to kind of provide the labor and legwork. And that's worked really well because at times when we want to do something, I just simply didn't have the capital to do it. So he's helped out on that, but really where he's helped out a lot more is um, kind of helping helping give me ideas on things to do. Like when I started Hunter's Wholesale, which was my online sporting goods business, that was his idea. Um, that was his, we were driving and spitballing on the way down to Arkansas one day. And he kind of gave me an idea to start that. And that business was kind of a stepping stone for me. I made a lot of connections. I sold that business 
um, I made a, a decent little bit of money with that business. And that was a great stepping stone for me and a way to, for me to make enough money to get by when I first started out on my own. And it helped me learn a lot about what to do and what not to do in business. He has introduced me to a lot of people, which has been, which has been cool. Um, just, you know, kind of, Hey man, this is my buddy. And I, you know, kind of taking it from there, but he's given me the intro on a lot of people, but you know, he's also just been kind of a, me and him are probably, you know, a lot of people say it, but we're probably a lot alike, you know? So just seeing, seeing the way that, you know, he kind of does things and, uh, and do some things different and some things the same and able to kind of use that as a, as a guide on a lot of things like, Hey man, I, and I'll tell him, you know, and he'll tell me, Hey, I wouldn't do what you're doing that way. I don't think that's a good idea or I don't think that's very smart. Um, you know, he's definitely not scared to tell me that, I got a bad idea and I, and that's good for me. I might disagree with them and fight with them about it, but um, you know, he's definitely not, he's definitely not scared. I mean, the thing I love and hate about it is, you know, you'll go out hunting and let's say you've killed, this is just a, an example, but let's say you've killed a hundred ducks in two days at one spot. You're doing it the same way. He comes with you. First thing he's going to say, man, why, why are you doing it that way? Well, you know, you could want to fight over it and be like, God damn it. I'm doing it this way. Cause this is what's working. But, you know, it's also good, even if you are having success with stuff, to think about how you can do it better. That's one thing he always does. So um, things like that I've been able to take. He's also given me some cool experiences, like um, just just cool hunting trips and and honestly letting me hunt with him. I, I've never I've never felt like I couldn't hunt with him at his place any day. He's invited me ever since the beginning, you know, a long time, hundreds and hundreds of hunts we've hunted together across the different states and countries. And um, so – you know, just the ability to get involved in, in hunting good places and knowing how to make some business decisions and meeting some really cool people. Um, he's helped me a lot. And, you know, it's, it's more of a, more of a, I've learned by watching and learned by doing and learned by example. And yeah, he's helped me. He's helped me a ton. So I'm very, very grateful to him. Whenever I started my own business, you know, kind of went off on my own. I called him like, what do you think? You know, it wasn't like he was like, hey, man, here's some money to get started. But he was like, hey, you need to do it like this. This is why I think you can do it. I don't think that you're going to let, you know, any grass grow under your feet. I think you're going to get after it. I think you should do it. Now's the time. And, you know, when you talk with somebody that has done it themselves, that's really helpful. So, um, you know, he's obviously him and his family are great. And they're like family to me and my family. So uh, he yeah, he has helped out a, a lot along the way. And so, yeah, that's been it's been an awesome been an awesome uh, relationship. Hopefully he's gotten something out of it, out of it too. Um, why does your podcast have no sponsors? I don't know. Uh, we've had a couple people reach out, but I don't, I mean, when we started this podcast, we started it because we thought it'd be cool. And we thought it'd be something that, you know, folks hopefully could, we wanted to learn the stories from some people and how they did things and share what little we knew. And we thought that'd be cool. And we weren't really you know, wanting to do 15 minutes of sponsor ads. Now, I mean, if there was a sponsor that aligned with what we wanted to do and, and wanted to work with us, I'm not saying we wouldn't do it. We, I mean, we probably, we probably would, but we've had a few people reach out and just, I don't feel like it's been the right fit. So we just haven't done it. And it's not that big of a deal. We're not doing it to make money, but if there's any sponsors out there that want to, want to do something. I guess we, I guess we could, um, but yeah, no. So that's, that's why, I mean, I just we've never really given it too much thought to be real honest with you. Um, what are you going to do for duck season this year? I'll do what I normally do. I'm going to, I'm going to hunt a lot. I hope, hopefully I kill a deer in November and I can duck hunt a bunch and 
I will probably hunt in Arkansas some this year. I'm going to do some work down there for a couple of customers. And I think I'm going to duck hunt down there uh, a decent little bit too, at least a trip or two down there. And so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Our duck season starts October 28th, I think, which is a little earlier than I wish that it did. But, you know, of course, again, I'm probably in the minority. I wish it started about November 10th so that I could have my deer hunting done and slide right into duck season and go. Most of my best hunting has been late season, my most memorable hunting. It's it's pretty easy to argue that the best hunting is early. Um, that's that's pretty easy to argue, and the, da- the data would probably back that up around this area. But I prefer big bunches of ducks in the river, on the fields, ganged up on the water. Um you know, traffic, big bunches of mallards traffic. I don't care much about the off ducks. So I would trade, I would trade some teal swats early for the chance at a bunch of a hundred late mallards. But again, I am in the minority, but no. So we start then, uh, got deer season coming up. That's really what I'm worried about now. And then obviously we get into honkers and snow geese and that's when the real fun starts uh, when you get into snow geese and then kind of start working towards Turkey. But anyway, I wanted to get these questions answered. I hope everybody's having a great off season. It's kind of on the on season now, uh, guys up in Canada and up North guys, teal hunting, dove hunting, all that stuff. It's, it's here. I hope you guys enjoy it. But when Ira gets back, we'll do an elk hunt recap and then we'll go from there with our normally scheduled episodes. So everybody have a great day. Hopefully this provided you five, 10 minutes of entertainment before you turn it off due to boredom. And, uh, we will talk with you next time. Thanks a lot.